Today, from the International Gospel Hour, dear friends, can the Christian help improve the moral climate in our countries? The Scripture is clear with a definitive yes. So let us see the biblical answers today on how the Christian can help improve the morality wherein where we live. That's today from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour, starting now. I am bound for the promised land. Thank you to our J-Webb and greetings to all of you. It is a joy to study the Word of God with you today, and we appreciate each and every listener to the broadcast from here of the International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years we've been on the air, and we will continue to press onward as long as the Lord grants that opportunity. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, Peter writes, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We go back to the Old Testament in Leviticus 11 and verse 44, where the Lord said, I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Dear friends, in both covenants, God always required His people, His followers, to be a holy nation. Did you catch that, dear friend? God always requires His people to be distinct, to be different, to be set apart. As we note from Leviticus rather 11, consecrate yourselves. And also, to be His own special people, His people for His own possession, in some translations. Now let's think about 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8 that says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now friends, God wants us to understand that while He is God of love, that is how He is defined, love is of God, we must also understand his severity from Romans 11:22 Paul told the church at Rome that they should beware of the goodness and the severity of God if they remained faithful that would be the goodness of God but if they fail then it would be his severity and knowing therefore the terror of the Lord we persuade men that's from 2 Corinthians 5:11 so, when we put all this together, there is no doubt that God loves the world. He's, that's why He sent Jesus to die for us, John 3.16. There is no doubt He is a God of love. But may I submit to you that it is the choices we make that determines how God responds to us. And with such being said, let's consider our question today. What can Christians do to help improve the moral conditions in our nation? 
Now, no matter where you may be listening to this broadcast worldwide, what can Christians do to improve the manner of life of which they live? Now, this question was presented to me recently within a series of gospel meetings, and I find the question worthy today for you and I to discuss and to consider. Before we begin our lesson, I always like to pause here at the early introduction and allow our J-Webb to come back, and he's going to give you a little bit of details about our work in social media so you can communicate with us and keep up with us here at International Gospel Hour. Then let's come back for our study. Why not follow the International Gospel Hour on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and others. Please type International Gospel Hour into the search engine, and you can like and follow our pages to keep up with the latest news and efforts of our labors. We would be honored to have you follow us on social media. And now, back to Jeff. What can Christians do to help improve the moral conditions in our nation? Answer number one. Christians need to remember their victory in Christ. From 1 Corinthians 15:57 and 58, But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Paul also reminded the church at Corinth earlier in that chapter in 1 Corinthians 15:1 and 2, when he reminded them of the gospel that he declared unto them. He said, I preach to you which you received it, in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. The gospel to these Corinthians was declared by the preaching of the gospel. We note that as Paul entered into that region in Acts 18, beginning with verse 1 and verses following, and also Romans 10, 14 and 15 that teaches we should preach the gospel of Christ. The Corinthians received it by obedience. After all, we see in Acts 18 and verse 8 that many of the Corinthians believed and were baptized. Dear friends, does that not blend in with God's plan of salvation? To where He instructs us to believe on Him that our faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10:17. When we hear what we are to believe, then we need to move on our belief. For Jesus said in John 8:24, Except you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. Did not Jesus teach the importance and the blessing of repentance in Luke 13 and verse 3? Indeed He did. And He also commanded that His gospel to be preached to all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in His name by His authority. Acts, or rather Luke 24, 44 through 47, and then in the book of Acts, we find in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, that indeed repentance and remission of sins was preached on that day of Pentecost, Acts 2 verse 38. Are we not to confess Christ? Did not Jesus command that in Matthew 10, 32 and 33? Are we not to confess our faith in Him with stating, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Is that not the confession the eunuch made in Acts 8.37 and that Peter made in Matthew 16 and verse 16? Without a doubt. And then, yes, friends, they were baptized. They were baptized into Christ. Baptism is clearly taught within the Scripture. 
And based upon one's faith, one's repentance, and one confession, one is baptized into Christ in order to be saved. That's Mar- Matthew, I'm sorry, that's Mark 16:16, 16, 16, 1 Peter 3:21. One cannot get into Christ unless one is baptized into Christ. Galatians 3:27 and Romans 6:4 through 6. And not only did these Corinthians obey the gospel, but they were to hold it in good standing. Although there was division, although there were many problems that arose, we understand and see very clearly that although that happened, we note that what is important is the fact that the Christian walked faithful. Paul wrote to correct them. 1 Corinthians 16.13, he told them to behave as men and to be strong. Throughout that letter, he wrote to correct their behavior And in Ephesians 6, verses 11 through 14, how many times did Paul tell the Christian to stand, to stand, to have a place wherein to stand? And when one is saved, one can stand. Dear friends, the first thing Christians must do is to keep their conviction and faith in the midst of that crooked and perverse nation among whom we shine as lights in the world. Was that not the answer in Philippians 2 and verse 15? That by itself will improve the nation's moral condition. It begins with the Christian. For in First Peter 4 and verse 17, we understand that judgment begins at the house of God. So Christians must continue to remember their victory in Christ. We have won. Second, what can Christians do to help improve the moral conditions in our nations? Well, they need to remember their conviction in Christ. You see, the Christian's message and the Christian's life must be distinct from the world. Oh, it's very easy for the world to look out and point out the fallacies of Christians, that when a Christian falls, it's like their fall is harder than anyone else. Well, we understand from Second Peter chapter 2, it would have been better not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known and to turn away from that holy commandment. That's in the context of Second Peter 2, verses 20 through 22. And to those of you that want to point out the hypocrisies of many Christians, I can assure you, dear friends, God is not pleased with that either, and neither are we who are striving to live faithful. May I encourage us to turn back to the Word of God of how we should be living. And if there are others that are not living according to the way God commanded, feel free and know this. God will correct that. God will tend to that. And number two, you and I still have a responsibility for ourselves to live for God, regardless of what others may do. You see, Jesus taught us in Matthew five thirteen and following that you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, friends, Jesus didn't agree with it either. He told us, here's how you should be living. In 1 Timothy three fourteen and 15, Paul wrote to the young man Timothy and said, These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. 
Dear friends, I submit to you that the Church of Christ today, that churches should be preaching on the matters of morality. There are generations that are coming up that need to learn and understand. There are generations that need to be reminded, and there are generations that are deceived. We need to bring forth simple preaching of the gospel on matters of morality and not allow the world, the evening news, the national news, the latest opinions and fads to direct what we believe. We will go back to the all-authoritative word of God, the Bible. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, Paul is writing there to Christians, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. From Galatians five nineteen through 21 Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Dear friends, can we look over all this list and say we need to improve some things morally? And yes, people need to walk away from this kind of living and turn unto Christ. It's a rather lengthy reading, but listen to Romans 1, beginning with verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things." Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, in the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, and not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. 
from 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, Galatians 5, 19-21, Romans 1, 18-32. Yes, dear friends, we cannot be deceived. We must be reminded of the things that are good and right and moral and stand therein. Number three. What can Christians do to help improve the moral conditions in their nations? Christians need to renew their evangelism for Christ. Not only remember their victory and their conviction, but their evangelism. Imagine an immoral person that learned of the gospel of Christ and obeyed it. After all, that's what they did in Corinth. Did not Paul say in 1 Corinthians 6.11, And such were some of you, but... You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Dear friends, people are still searching. You very well may be searching, dear friends. The requests that we receive from so many of you that are searching and looking, how thankful we are for you and your desire to learn more of the Word of God. You see, Jesus in the Gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, gave forth the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, and John 20. And on Pentecost in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2, every nation under heaven had come, Acts 2 and verse 5, and verses 9 through 11. Now eventually all of them returned home and took the gospel with them. As I like to say, they came as Jews and proselytes and went back home as disciples of Christ. And in Jerusalem the teaching continued, Acts 5.42, daily in the temple, and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. In Acts 8 and verse 4, therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. When the Christians had to flee from Jerusalem due to persecution, they still carried on and carried the message. You may want to consider that the persecution was the best thing to happen to the church, to move them onward to teach others. And, of course, back to verse 1 of Acts chapter 8, they were scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Dear friends, it was all within the church. May each and every congregation of the churches of Christ be evangelistic, to have their hearts receptive and their Bibles open, to encourage individuals to come their way, and to, dear friends, to also go out and seek those individuals. Dear friends, you may be searching, you may be looking, you may say, I need to live a better life for Christ. Well, dear friends, the gospel is still the only message that will make a difference in the lives of people and in your life. It's the greatest difference of all. Consider an individual that has entered into a crowd of people, as we note in recent months, that enter into a crowd of people and start shooting Oh, the horrendous thought of someone going into a school and shooting innocent children, or going into a parade to celebrate freedom of this nation of America, and yet bring a gun out and begin to attack people. Now let me ask you a question, friends. What if that individual would have heard the gospel of Christ? What if that individual would have listened to a message that would have improved their lives? Do you think things would be different? Dear friends, our nation needs to, our nations, if you will, regardless of where you may be listening, need to turn to God and Jesus Christ in obedience to His will, and that will make the difference. So, dear friends, let me pause here. We appreciate you and your desire and your interest in the things that be of Christ. Our J-Web has a very special free offer for you. Let me remind you. 
Everything that we offer from our broadcast of International Gospel Hour is free. We don't want your money. We appreciate your interest. Here is Jay Webb to tell you how you can receive a wonderful study booklet titled Victory in Jesus. We appreciate you and your desire to know more about Christ. Our free study titled Victory in Jesus is available in a wonderful study booklet. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say Victory Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Victory Study in the message box. We appreciate our listeners and your interest in the things of Christ. And now, let's return to Jeff. What can Christians do to help improve the moral conditions in our nation? Christians need to revive their homes. You know, dear friends, that's where we begin, within our homes, where we have control and where decisions are made. To revive our homes morally and according to God, who created the home. Regardless of what your home life may be, dear friends, it begins right there within your four walls. May I encourage us from Titus 2, verses 1 and 2, to revive our men, our husbands, our fathers, men that may be single or divorced. There's still a responsibility there. Titus 2, 1 and 2, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober or wise, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. Now, dear friend, let me ask you something. Dear man, is there something there we mentioned that you need to work on? Let's revive our women, our wives, our mothers, those who are single, those who may be divorced. In Titus 2, 3-5, through 5, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Now let me ask you something, dear lady. Is there something we mentioned there as Titus 2, 3-5 through 5, that you need to work on? Let's revive our children, our boys and girls. In Proverbs 4, 1 and 2, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. This is good doctrine, sound doctrine, and our children need to give attention to those things. Dear friends, what a name for a home. Again, we go back to 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 that says, But as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written... Be holy, for I am holy. You see, friends, to be holy is what is vitally important. That was said back in Leviticus 11. It's true even today. So, dear friends, what if every man, every woman, every child made their home life what it should be? You see, dear friends, let's think for a moment about an idea. How about Bible time with children or grandchildren? That is every day a moment set aside for the Bible, for learning, for behavior, to help grow and to understand what we should do. May I submit to you too that we need to remind our children and our families that there is a God and He created the world, Genesis 1 and verse 1, and put respect back for the Father. We have the Bible, God's inspired word, to know His plan, 
2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Let's remind our families, especially our children, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, as declared in Matthew 1, 21 and Matthew 16, 16. Let us be reminded that the Bible teaches there is but one church, Matthew 16, 18 and 19, and Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Yes, friends, in the midst of all the denominations and divisions, there is one church, and that is the church of which we are to be a part. From Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, remind our children, our families, that wisdom comes from your parents, and that parents, if you note from our study, we are to be sound in faith, we are to be reverent, we are to be faithful to the Word of God, and therefore, if it's in your life, it will be in your children's life. To let us make certain that our marriages are Christian marriages, one man, one woman for life, Genesis one twenty seven. And as Jesus reaffirmed in Matthew 19, 1 through 9. And then within our families, we also realize that we need faithful friends to encourage and help us. Keep those faithful friends close that are pursuing the same things that you are pursuing. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three, and 2 Timothy 2 and verse 22. Yes, friends, these are but a few things that Christians can do to help improve the moral conditions in our nations. And dear friends, as we think on these things, let me pause here, go to our J-Web once again to give you an update. You may listen to this program and say, you know, I'd like to listen to that again. Well, dear friends, here's how you can tune in and hear our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. Hello, friends. Miss a broadcast of Are You Listening? You can find previous broadcasts at our website, internationalgospelhour.com, and we are on several podcast platforms. Maybe we are on your favorite podcast site. Just search for International Gospel Hour, and you can find previous broadcasts. They are always there 24-7 for you to listen or even to download. And now, let's continue our study. Dear friends, Thank you for joining me today for this study of how we can improve the morality within our countries, our nations. And always remember, Daniel 4.17, God is still in control. We'll continue our studies another time. Thanks for joining me today, and keep listening.